What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. for another episode yeah let's 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 make another episode a late episode uh sincere apologies to uh all of our all of our beautiful lovely listeners out there uh we did not drop an episode yesterday when we typically do uh had to take a little had to take a little like day to just not uh do much Uh, it's been a bit of a bit of a uh Bit of a rough couple of days uh, over here at Casa Saunders. I don't know how I knew you were going to say that. Casa Saunders? Yeah. Cool. It's not like something that comes out of That's, your mouth very I, frequently. I don't, I don't think I've ever said that in my life. <laughs> I was thinking it in my head miles before it even came out of your mouth. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, um, I don't know, I don't have, to, don't have to get like too into it, but I guess kind of relevant to the show. Um, experiencing some heartbreak, mm-hmm. going through a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a breakup, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, fuck. I just like, it is, it's, it, it is, it's, it is pain that is so visceral mm-hmm. heartbreak, you know, like I was, I don't know if we talked about it on the show. No, I think I read you an email. Someone wrote, wrote into sick boy the other day about like talking about grief and, and and talking about Bigby and and losing, losing their Mm. dog. And, um, it was just making me, it, I, when I read that email, uh, I, and this was like a week ago, I was, I was just, I was kind of brought back to the, the day that we put Bigby down Mm. and how, that pain was so physical, mm-hmm. like the loss of a, of your best friend. Um, 
and uh you know i'm not i'm no i'm no stranger to like physical pain um yeah like that's that's kind of the that's that's my everyday life <laughs> but emotionally physical pain yeah or emotional pain that that um that manifests as physical mm-hmm. uh god damn it's like it's it's as it's as fucking intense as you know that day we lost bigby mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> it's the kind of pain that like you want to run from Oof. like it, like it, it, it you can't it's like it, it's over it's so overwhelming mhm yeah I know my instinct when I feel that way is just to curl up in a ball, like get as small as I can. Yeah. And that's, that's a very, uh, I think evolutionary, uh, mode of protection to curl forward, to curl up, like, you know, protect your internal organs, um, survival. It's wild how, it's wild how it all comes down to survival. Don't you think like, this pain that you feel there's some message in it that is like, I'm going to die. That's what the, that's like how your body responds to it is like something is attacking. Mm. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Duncan Trussell over the last uh, few weeks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's a very philosophical guy. He had this guy, uh, his, one of his best friends, Emil, What's Emil's last name? A- Emil Amos. Anyway, they they were just talking about philosophy the entire time, and one of the things they were saying was like, they were talking about dukkha. They were they were we were talking about this last night. They were talking about suffering and like this notion in in Buddhism, uh, which is that life is suffering. Mm-hmm. That is what life is. It's ju- it's just it's just suffering, <clears throat> and uh, and. I'm trying really hard to like view this as, as a positive, you know, like the, the, the suffering that this is, I'm, it's like, okay, yeah, this is as much as this sucks. This is what, this is how, this is what it feels like to be alive. This is what living is. And there's something, I don't know, maybe there's something beautiful in that, but fuck dude. Breakups suck. I was um, listening. I've been listening to some philosophy as well, and uh, was listening to um, a new podcast that I'm kind of really into called "For the Wild," and it's a really smart lady, and she talks to a bunch of really smart people, and uh, on all kinds of subjects that are probably considered to be fairly fairly heavy and fairly dark, but like really practical mm. about the about about the world that we're living in mm. and um and what you just said reminded me of one of her guests she had on uh he was talking about i think the subject of that um podcast was called like capitalism and the erosion of morality mm. and um Anyway, he he was just talking about how it's wild that, you know, that it's medieval is the word he uses. It's medieval that we live in a system where a couple of people hold all the wealth and power and, and there are people starving or people that don't have homes and, and, um, and that people who have to like steal to get by or to provide for their families, they're, it's like, they're not criminals, but because survival is heroic is what he said it's mm. just to survive at all is mm. heroic and that's that's what i've been thinking about lately in terms of yeah this existence and <laughs> and everything we combat yes and so much of it is it is like so much of it is suffering and um and that and that the mercy like the mercy that we're afforded at all in this life full of suffering are the moments of beauty that we can find in it. Yeah. And yeah, you just like have to, to find it in what, whatever you can. And if you can find that in your own pain and what you're learning from it, that seems like 
not to put it in capitalist terms and say like it's the most productive thing to do with your pain is like see its utility and usefulness in your life but yeah but yeah, I don't know if I'm doing that. I, you know, I, I mean, I'm try. I think I'm trying. I don't know how much I'm succeeding. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, and like, and actually, I'll put this out to the listeners too, because I'm sure everyone's everyone's experienced heartbreak. Um, and like, I googled, I googled like the day before yesterday. I was like, how to, how to, um. Heal a broken heart. Yeah, like yeah, how to handle a breakup or something like mm-hmm. that. Like how, how, like how do you, how does one do this? Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, this is like this. This is the second time I've gone through something similar to this in the last like, I guess, year and a half. <clears throat> and um, I don't. I didn't. I didn't actually digest anything that I read. I think I was just reading it, going fuck all this. Like I don't even. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm not even in the mood. But. Do you, like what are your th- I, what are your thoughts on like distraction? You know, like is that va- is that valuable? Because like I, I the 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 moment it hap- the moment it was happening, the moment it happened, I w- I immediately was like, okay, um, I need to, I can't be, I can't sit in this feeling right now. Like I gotta, I like. I got to play some video games. Like I just like fucking, and I played video games for like six hours straight. And then when I was done, I was exhausted. I was like, okay, now I can just go to sleep. And then I slept and then I woke up the next morning and was like, uh, now I'll just work. I'll work. And I just spent the whole day like fucking working and then done working. I was like, I'm going to play more video games. And like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know how valuable that is. Like, I don't know if that's the way to do it. Because there's there's something that, that I feel like that's probably not the like the most healthy way to. Yeah. To, to handle it, um, but I don't know what else to do. Thank fuck, I'm getting a dog in <laughs> fucking eight days, man. Holy shit! Like that, I I think I'm I'm just I think I'm just holding off. I'm holding out for that moment. Like when I get yeah. a when I get this new sweet little puppy when donut comes i'm just gonna be like i'll be falling in love all over again i'll be you know mm-hmm. uh, i'll be i'll be building new love with this little with this little potato but <laughs> but that's eight days away yeah so fuck it's a long time you know what i think that with heartbreak um i mean you know we talked about this in our conversation with cat Nance as well. It's like there is a certain amount, there is a capacity, I think, of the nervous system to be able to handle a lot or all of it at once, ongoing, continuously. I think she, I think Kat said something about how, um, like basically not remaining in this state all the time. You can't mm. um, of just like raw feeling mm-hmm. and. You know, if you think about something really, really traumatic happening and the body going into shock, that's kind of it's I feel like when you distract yourself from potential rumination that that has no use or it doesn't make things better, then that's actually kind of like. I think it can be pretty healthy. I think it could be kind of like taking a painkiller, but um but you you have to monitor for that for yourself so that the feelings that you're having don't come out in an inappropriate way at an inappropriate yeah. time and in something that's just you know could have been sat with a little bit yeah before but uh but before we move on from pain and suffering um i i have been half listening to this podcast called this union life um and it's it's a it's a it's a psychology based podcast. It's hosted by three scholars, um, and their voices are so like soothing to fall asleep to. But anyway, mm. I woke up today and episode one seventy had been released, and it was called "Letting Go." When is it time? And that is like that is letting go 
not even just like a relationships, but I feel like this is something I've been asked to, to figure out so many times. It's like, am I, can I keep going in this direction or is it time to let go of that dream? Right. Yeah. With different things. And in this discussion, they've been using the, they've been using the, um, sort of the metaphor. Well, he'll bring it up and, I'm going to play it so everybody can hear it. And if I need to add, I've been immersed in it kind of all day. So if I need to give it context after I play it, then I will. Okay. Does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So if I just hold it up to my microphone like here, it should work. Should. Let's see what happens. Okay. Let me make sure my volume's all the way up. Okay. Or do I let go? Okay. Here. So... Pain and suffering is the heat that begins to dissolve the glue that sticks us to the old situation. Oh, that's beautiful. Without that, it's unlikely that many of us would probably let go of something which is we're ambivalent about but is adequate. We need enough pain. I've often been very impressed by people who let go of something and shift to something better just based on some kind of rational analysis. They just are kind of open to a new experience and they just turn to the right and take the next step. But I think for most of us that actually get attached to things, we have to go through a process to let go. That is such Mm. a great metaphor, Joseph. And I, I think we're in the realm of depression. I think depression is that suffering that melts the glue that a, that's been keeping us stuck to something. And in fact, I remember reading many years ago that some evolutionary biologists had posited that depression has a positive function, and that is to force the person to relinquish a strategy that isn't working. So it's that, it's that suffering that occurs when there's some distance between the thing we want and our ability to make it happen. Anyway, that that's kind mm. of, um, and I was thinking about, so they use the analogy of, of, of clinging to a rock in the river, Yeah, you know, and the difference between clinging and letting go and the actual like process of softening your grip mm. as being incredibly painful. Hmm. Um, and an incredibly necessary part. Oh, of trippy. Yeah. The Fuck, surrender. Man. I you know, that's really funny that you said that. I had that exact I had that not a metaphor. I had that exact experience once in life. <clears throat> and it was it was one of the scariest moments of my life. I was in uh I was paddling this river in Mexico uh called the Rio Grande. And it was like a three day a three day long expedition of quite technical and quite intense rapids, like class three, four rapids. And we were in a, we were do this one particular day. We, we had done it in kayaks before, but we had this one particular day. We took two rafts, two groups, two rafts, and we were going down and we were at the very, like, I don't know, the first, first hour or two. Uh, we, we hit this like crazy fucking feature, this, this crazy rapid. And I got, I got kicked from the raft. I was the only one that, that fell out. And, uh, you know, you have a life jacket on and we were, we were trained on how to, how to, how to maneuver and swim within a rapid how to like find eddies, which are little pockets of river that are, that are behind rocks or things like that, that are flowing in the opposite direction. So like little calm pools that exist within this really crazy series of rapids. So if you're in an eddy, yeah, you're good. You're safe. Like that's like, you want to, you want to find your way to an eddy. And I, I got kicked out of this, out of this rap in the middle of this really intense rapid. And there was a huge rock just off to the left of the, of the, uh, off to the left on the river. 
It wasn't at the bank. It was still in the middle of the river, but it was just slightly to the left and then middle. And I remember when I fell out, I got, I got out of the water, was trying to catch my breath, took in a bit of water through my nose or whatever. <clears throat> it's very loud. <clears throat> the, ra- the, the raft is now ahead of me. It's downriver. And so what was supposed to happen was the raft needs to find an eddy, a little pool of calm to, to stop so that I can link up with it and meet it. But because it's so far down the river, I need to find little pockets of eddies to kind of like navigate my way to it without just being overwhelmed and swallowed up by these, these crazy rapids. And so this rock that was to the left, I was like, well, there's a big fucking rock. That's a big, big bitch of a rock. And I'm going to, I'll try to get, I'll try to get into the eddy behind it because inevitably, not inevitably, chances are very high that there is one behind it. And I mistimed. And what happened was I, the rapid is coming down and pushing up against that rock and I didn't time it correctly. And I actually got the rapid sort of glued me to the face of that rock. And so now my face is, is against the rock. I'm like, all I can see is rock. And the river is just is with such force is pushing behind me and I'm, I can't get off the rock. And if I was facing the other way, if my back was to the rock, I I would have drowned because I would have just like the river would have just, but what was happening was the water was, was flowing up and over my head and hitting this rock. And so there was this little pocket, the size of my fist in front of my face where there was just air. Mm -hmm. I remember like holding this fucking rock and And panicking because I was like, oh, my God, this, uh, this is not good. This is not a good place to be. Um, I could drown here. And the raft was just a little bit downriver from where I was, and they had found an eddy, and they were holding, they were holding steady there. And uh, one, of the, one of the people that we were doing this expedition with, I could hear him. And he was, he was trying to scream, like yell as loud as he could over the sound of the very loud river. He was trying to get his voice to, to puncture through the, the fucking sound that is like berating my head of, of river going, like flooding my, my face and my head. And he was screaming to let go, let go of the rock. And I was so afraid to let go because in that moment, all I could focus on was like, I can breathe right now. Mm-hmm. If I let go, I might not be able to breathe depending on which way I go. And, and I need, like, I don't, I do not want to let go of this thing. And he kept yelling, like, you got to let go. You got to let go. Oh my God. Even just talking about it right now. Is... Yeah. I've never heard this. Make me emotional. Fuck. It was so scary. It was so fucking scary. And I, um, <clears throat> and yeah, I just had this moment where I was like, okay, I you know, like, I, I can't stay here. <laughs> yeah. This is not a life to live. <laughs> Mashed up against a rock. <laughs> this is where I live now. Yeah. And, uh, so I let go and I just, I, I, but I was so scared that my fight or flight was like peaking. Mm-hmm. and it's fight flight or freeze so i wasn't fighting and i wasn't i wasn't fleeing i was totally frozen and so when i let go i i i froze it was the first time in my i think in my entire life that i ever had that experience where i was like in shock and <clears throat> i let go and i was this rag doll that just and the river took me like very violently and quickly <laughs> took me around this rock and i started going down and what was happening now, though, was I was going down the river, getting closer and closer to the raft, closer and closer to the raft, and I could see everybody in the raft looking at me. And I was so frozen, what I should have been doing was, was swimming in the, the direction, so like towards shore, in the direction of the eddy. Because if you don't catch that eddy, it's just going to keep, keep you going. Yeah. But I was, I was frozen, and... 
And the guy that was yelling, he was yelling, he started yelling, you got to swim, you got to swim. And I wasn't swimming. I was just like, I was just this fucking lifeless body with a life jacket just floating and frozen. And he was like, you got to swim, you got to swim. And then everybody in the raft started screaming, swim, swim, swim. And so I started swimming. Something kicked in. I, I started fucking swimming, but like total panic. And then I, uh, I caught the eddy right at the very edge of it. And at this point, I'm now behind the raft, but I, I caught that same eddy that they were in. And uh, they picked me up and I got in the raft. And what was so fucking fucked about that situation was I got in the raft and everyone could see that I was really shook. Like I was shook up. And, uh, there was no time to, we couldn't stop. You know, we're at the, we're, we have, we have another like three hours of paddling to, to get to the destination that we need to get to, to our, for our camp so that we can continue the next day and then the next day to finish this entire trip. <laughs> and I remember just sitting in the boat being like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't know if I can contribute. And so, um, the raft is, is six people paddling and one person who's guiding and we would switch off who guides and the guide's the one that sits at the back and basically is like steering and instructing everybody else what to do. And I was one of the paddlers. I, I obviously wasn't uh, guiding at this moment. Um, and I just, he was like, you just stay there. Um, you just hang tight. And when you're ready, pick up your paddle and we'll go, we'll start going again. And so I just sat in that raft for like, it must've been 10 minutes of just like trying to come back to reality. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, all right, well, you gotta, you gotta fucking put, you gotta continue. Like you can, this, you can't be like this forever. You gotta, you gotta pick up your paddle and fucking put it in the water and start to contribute here because you're just dead weight. And, uh, and then that was it. it was, you know, that was, it was like, a, it was like light switch went off and it was like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't die. I didn't die. So I'm good. Like I can, <laughs> I can, I can do this. And, uh, and that was it. That was, it was like 30 minutes from there. It was like, it never happened. I remember when we finished that three day expedition, looking back at it, I was like, whoa, fuck. That was, that was really fucked up. Like that was a really, that was a really scary experience. And then when that entire, that was it, that was a three month long trip, 21 different rivers. We were paddling every single day. I remember at the end of that trip, looking back at like, you know, two or three months out when, when the trip was over, it was like two or three months ago that we finished. And I remember looking back going, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> what the fuck were you doing? What was I like? What? Did, I almost died like three <laughs> times on that trip. Like it was fucking insane. <clears throat> and it was this, you know. But when you're in it, you're in it. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you have to be in it. And you have to do the best that you can. And anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this is a metaphor for, but um I don't even fucking know how I got there. You said something that reminded me of clinging onto rocks. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I did that for real once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then letting go is this like, there's no assurance. This is what they go on to say on this podcast too, is like, there's no assurance that you're going to be fine. There's no assurance that the place you're going Fuck is no. going to be better than the one that you're at. No. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what the metaphor necessarily for for that whole, there's so much in there, but uh, I was really moved by the image of everybody on the raft coaching you to swim. Yeah. And it just really, it just made me feel a bit of a swell of love for community because I think that I'm yeah. hoping that the future yeah. that we're moving into has more of that. I've... You know, I, I've never been super politically minded or known much about philosophy and history of politics, but um, 
I've been thinking about it a lot more lately. Reading a lot more about like socialism and the idea of mutual aid. And um, it was funny. I was reading, I was kind of reading about the, I was thinking about all the paperwork involved with being married and like the business of being married. And so I looked up, I kind of Googled it. I think the business of, of marriage. And I found this really neat essay by a, a writer in Toronto. And uh, I think it's just, it's just called the business of marriage. And her name is um, Linda Bessner. And uh, I wasn't, I was just kind of, just kind of curious about it. I started dove in. It turned out to be a very large read and, all about economics and basically sharing your finances as a married person. Mm. And then, but then also um, breaking down some of the sort of the, the big thinker, the thoughts of some of the big thinkers in terms of economics and Mm -hmm. examining their relationships. And um, yeah, she, in it, she wrote something, she mentioned uh, uh, mutual aid and I'll just read you the quote from that. I was, I've been thinking about it in context of our marriage and like, you know, we're about to celebrate our 10th year of marriage. And uh, anyway, so I'm just going to read this quote. It said, historically, marriage was an outward facing arrangement that wove otherwise unrelated groups into mutual aid networks. And when I think about our marriage and, you know, what we knew before we got married versus like what we know now Mm. um, and how we chose to hold our wedding, which was just like everyone's invited and whoever can come can come. And, um, and that idea of like calling people together to, to basically say like, we're invested (laughs) in your relationship. And some people give money or they fly from different parts of the country. We've Mm. invested in your partnership mm-hmm. and they have like financially. Um, but this idea of those networks that you make when you, when one family marries into another family is that there will be people there to remind you to swim. And mm. like, you've basically increased your network of people who are there to support you, not only in your relationship, but also in your, in your personal level of happiness and contentment. And, um, you know, we see examples of mutual aid, um, in Halifax with those shelters that have been erected for the homeless people that have caused all kinds of controversy in town. Um, we see it in how other countries and and other uh, places, and different organizations and community groups have sprung to action to serve people during COVID-19 and just Mm. those, I just, yeah, I just picked up on that, on the raft thing and, and thinking about how important, like how we, most of us probably wouldn't have survived without some kind of Mm. community aid. But um, our relationships yeah. become so insular and so private and so isolated, our marriages, mm-hmm. you know, that it doesn't embody that anymore. It doesn't sort of hold that weight and responsibility and, and security, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think about, like, resiliency and how no matter how resilient we may think we are, like, we... we need other people around us to lift us up. We need other people like it, 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 our, the, our community is what makes us resilient. You know, it's like there, there's no, there's no individual who's just resilient. It's, yeah, it's right. de- we're, de- we're dependent on others to help us have that strength or that power to be able to like spring back, you know? Uh-huh. <clears throat> hmm. uh-huh. Very, very, very profound and interesting. Yeah. Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You want to move into some uh, lighter, more silly stuff? <laughs> yeah, let's get silly. All right. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine uh, sent me a message the other day, this Vice article, all about AI pickup lines. I feel like we may have talked about this on the show before, or maybe, maybe I read it. I like, I read it before, like off air and thought about it to be on the podcast. But if, so if we've already covered this before, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't think we have. Um, I, I don't think I'm, we have. <clears throat> let me read you this article. It's, 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 uh, it's very, I thought it to be very entertaining. Uh, so AI, artificial, artificial intelligence is finally learning to flirt. This is, uh, this is something that I could probably uh, use some help with. I think I need some AI flirt uh, education. While romantic banter continues to elude the likes of Siri, uh, Alexa, I don't want to say it too loud because she's here, uh, and Google Assistant, an advanced AI system out of the United States is being trained to seduce churning out original pickup lines for the express purpose of scoring a date. Uh, this woman, Janelle Shane, is a research scientist and author from Colorado. She created a squad of courtship bots using one of the most sophisticated text writing AI algorithms in the world, a language model known as the Generative Pre-Trained Transformer 3, which stands for, uh, which is GPT-3. We've talked about GPT-3 on Sick Boy a fucking ton. It's super fast. GPT-3? Fa- I gotta GPT-3. write that down. GPT-3. Okay. <clears throat> it's super fascinating. Uh, Brian somehow has access to GPT-3 through his work outside of the podcast. And we actually use GPT-3 to, um, we, we input a bunch of information about Sick Boy podcast and had it generate taglines for the show. Whoa. Uh, and one of the, I th- one of the taglines was like, Sick Boy podcast, we'll meet you in the hospital or something or like something <laughs> like that. And I was like, that's really, that's actually not bad. <clears throat> um, uh, so GPT-3 uses deep learning to produce human-like text. And researchers claim GPT-3's output is so advanced that it, it is often difficult to distinguish it from material written by a real flesh-and-blood human, which in this case says some troubling things about the standards we've come to expect from a real flesh-and-blood human. Uh, quote, I'm losing my voice from all the screaming your hotness is causing me to do. Reads one pickup line, which could be too, too, all too easily sure. have been lifted from a Tinder DM screenshot. <laughs> another one, quote, I will briefly summarize the plot of Back to the Future 2 for you. Reads another. Oh. To extract such titillating re- uh, repartees, Shane fed an article template into four different variants of GPT-3 and prompted each to fill in its prediction of what the rest of the article might be. The article was titled, These are the Top Pickup Lines of 2021. Amaze your crush and get results. So, <laughs> so it took this article that was like, here are the top pickup lines, gave it to this robot, GPT-3, 
And the robot, the AI goes, okay, thank you for this information. I will now give you the pickup lines that I think would be, uh, would be better because I'm an AI robot and this is what I've been trained to do. Okay. I can't wait. This is the future. of <clears throat> Yeah. So, uh, each, each of the robots had a name. Each of the AI bots had a name. Da Vinci uh, which Shane describes as on her blog as the largest and most competent of the four AIs, by far the most intelligible of the bunch. Da Vinci pickup lines uh, vacillated between charming quips, chilling propositions, and cryptic non sequiturs, throwing up such gems as, I love you. I don't care if you're a doggo in a trench coat. <laughs> this, one's, this one's probably my favorite. You have a lovely face. Can I put it on an air freshener? I want to keep your smell close to me always. Wow. Actually, that one's got some logic to it. It's pretty funny, yeah. The doggo uh, in a trench coat, I don't get I don't get that all. one either, yeah. Uh, this one's really weird too. Wait, this beanie hat, is it fashionable? And then Does this, this one, beanie this, hat make my ass look fat? Is yeah, that yeah, that's yeah, so, yeah totally that, yeah. This one's great. You look like Jesus if he were a butler in a Russian mansion. <laughs> all right sexy jesus holy fuck next up was curie a less powerful piece of software that shane described as the closest to depressing online pickup line lists out of all the gpt3 variants oh wait what's this guy's name curie oh, curie's curie. poetic mysterious and borderline sleazy wordplay included your eyes are like two rainbows and a rainbow of eyes i can't help but stare okay I'm like the ice cream. You can keep me in the freezer for a while, but then I melt. <laughs> All right. My name is a complicated combination of 45 degrees of forward motion, 25 degrees of leftward drift, 75 degrees of upward acceleration, and infinity. And that is the point where my love for you stops. That sounds like, like some. A, that, that sounds like some fucking like just awful written sci-fi. Yeah, it's line. like from uh, from Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's the pair, that's the android. Yeah. That's the depressed android. He's <clears throat> the one who says things like the dew has fallen with a particularly sickening thud yeah, this right. morning. Yeah. Come here, cat. Come here, my poor <laughs> so, baby. So Vaughn. loud. Yeah, let's put Hi, buddy. Hi, Vaughn. If you want to see our cat, you can uh, join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Termion, where you can watch this entire host episode. How about that? Uh, I love this one. This next one. Uh, hey, my name is John Smith. Will you sit on my bread box while I cook? Or is there some kind of speed limit on that thing? Oh, calm down, John Smith. I know, I know. Did you say that to Pocahontas? Uh, yeah, is that oh yeah john smith right the third ai babbage is less sophisticated still this program's charm of offensive ricocheted between this program's charm offensive ricocheted between being aggressively forthright and awkwardly digressive <laughs> i gotta write that down awkwardly digressive you're looking good today want snacks <laughs> that sounds like a pickup line i would have that's that's me flirting. Hey, you look really nice. Would you like snacks? How do you feel about snacks? You like food? It is urgent that you become a professional athlete. <laughs> is he, is that you know what that translates to? Run. This one is wild. I actually love this one. I love you. I love you. I love you to the confines of death and disease. The legions of earth rejoices. Woe to be to the world. That one's kind of metal. That's very metal. Woe be to the world. Woe be to the world. I love you. I love you. The co to the confines of death and disease. Yeah. What do their voices sound like? <clears throat> and then this one gets really weird. Uh, there's Ada, the smallest of the variants, whose chat had less in common with uh, barroom romance than it did the kind of obscure, consumer-friendly email headlines you'd expect from an AI-minded bot. <laughs> Body softening pads. <laughs> but folks if you're listening to this and you're like in the dating pool and you're on and just use the, one of these Try just see if, yeah, see if it works 2017 rug boat two tone neck tie shirt I'm sorry what don't know that future pop tarts by Tracy Thorne 
<laughs> that one lost me. I, Ada, I don't like Ada. No, Ada does not know what's up at all. Uh, in the interest of making things weirder still, Shane then instructed Da Vinci to craft pickup lines based on story prompts about post-human AIs that were using them to flirt. The machine yielded the following dystopic results. Hey, baby, are your schematics compatible with this protocol? Oh, wow. I like that one. Yeah. Write that one down, folks. Use um, it on me. What's the definition of a femtometer? Because I'd like to run it through your quark 10 times. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can tell by your red power light that you're into me. <laughs> and then finally, can I see your parts list? Wow. Holy Why fuck. does that one sound so sultry and so confusing yeah. at the same time? Um, of all the lines uh, spouted by Shane's virtual pickup artist, the one of the most memorable comes from one of the most primitive minds, a neural network she trained for the exact same purpose back in 2017. You look like a thing, and I love you. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, there you go, folks. If you're if you're looking to change up the way that you're flirting on, on uh, Tinder or Hinge, just drop uh, just drop one know. of those immediately in the middle of an argument. Should also be really effective. Just in the middle of an argument, go. I love you. I love you. I love you to the confines of death and disease. The legions of Earth rejoice. <laughs> yeah, bring it right back down to to Earth. Fuck, man. So Thanks funny. for sharing. I love it. I mean, do you think? What, I guess we don't know, but will will be we just amongst and dating AI at some point as humans? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 100%? Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it, it, you know, the movie. It's her, only a matter of time. They already have <clears throat> the sex dolls. Yeah, the movie Her is a great example of this. Yeah. You know, it's we're. It, it, if you, I mean, look, if we live long enough, if we don't destroy ourselves, if climate change doesn't wipe us out, or if this whole um, fertility issue isn't the end of human civilization, um, and we live long enough, yeah, 100%, yes. Yeah. You know, um, we're going to... Yeah, less conflict, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, once, I mean if an AI... <clears throat> If AI gets to the point where it's it's impossible to dis distinguish between real human and not and not, why not? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just it's it's in it really. I as sci-fi as someone might think that is, and as outlandish as someone might think that is, it is. Uh, you are naive to think that that is not the direction we are headed. One hundred percent. <clears throat> well, something to look forward to. Yeah. Programmable boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah. Um is it cheating if you if you is it cheating if you fucked an AI? Well, now you have to that's all dependent on your agreement with your partner. Yeah, right? Right? You know, is it cheating if I have sex with um, a Sibian? Yeah. Well, I was I was gonna like talk, mention like an actual like bucket list. Um, what do they call that? What's your list of people? Your your pat your hall pass list? People you you could have sex with? Yeah, but those are real life humans that have the ability to form bonds. Um, bonds? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's an emotional, there's, there's more chance. There's no emotional affair is what you're saying with AI. Well, I mean, in Blade Runner 2049, okay. um, uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling's AI partner, she very much seemed to have emotional bonds with him. Okay. So but he was all, he was also a fucking robot, but so, so I don't, you know, I don't know. Robot, maybe robots love robots. As always, it depends on the agreement you have with your partner. I, mean, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of sci-fi, this is a great transition. 
Um, okay. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about today. So my, my good friend Jordan told me about this months and months ago, and I was like, fuck, I got to talk about this on the show. I forgot about it. It came up in conversation again the other day. Um, are you familiar with what an ovipositor is? Ovipositor. Ovipositor. Nope. Okay. Um, so the other day, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching Alien. I just, I just, over the last like two months, I watched Alien, Aliens, the sequel, and then Alien 3. I watched Alien 3 like a couple nights ago. Uh, Alien is my number one favorite movie of all time. Aliens, the sequel, not a horror movie, full on action film, but like very uh, intense and, and sci-fi spooky nonetheless. Alien 3, uh, anyway, whatever, we don't have to get into that. Um, <laughs> but in the, in the movie Aliens, the sequel by James Cameron, there is a scene where the queen alien is laying eggs. I'm going to show you that scene right here. Oh, my God. Right, so here's the egg being laid out of this goopy, big, like, phallic... Tube, fleshy tube. tube. Yeah. All right. Oh, what's see happening? How the, okay. See how those yeah. eggs are being laid? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, some might watch that and go, that is fucking nasty. Or that's For anybody like, who didn't see that, it's like, imagine squeezing a Mentos out of a, out of like as, the packaging. A, yeah. Out of a big phallic alien yeah, dick. Yeah. And you kind of, it's like, it like, yeah. just like slimes it out. So, yeah. so alien, for people who don't know this alien, the art, the art design, the design behind Alien all came from this artist named H.G. Geiger. Um, he's, he is very interesting. His artwork is very, like, very sexual and, and dark and very spooky. Um, here, I'm going to... We've, uh, we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, we've talked about H.G. Uh, Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. Here, let's... Uh, or H.R. Geiger, sorry. Um, you can look at his art here. Like you, you see it like very phallic, yeah. right? Yeah. Very yeah. fucking weird. The ri- the ribs really get me. He always, he's uses those like lines of the rib cage. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all these things like going in orifices. There's a lot of orifices in his artwork. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. Very like weird, fucked up sexual, like hypersexual, uh, yeah, it's really intense. Oh my god, dude! I I, yeah. I love it. It makes me so uncomfortable. Anyway, so uh, so um, H. G. Geiger. Uh, how do I get this fucking off the screen? Hold on a second here. Um, there we go. Um, he's the he's the kind of mastermind behind the the design of Alien, and um. So like I was saying, someone might watch that scene and go, ugh, that is nasty. But there's a lot of people that watch a scene like that and they're like, ooh, that's fucking hot. And this is where the ovipositor comes in. So the ovipositor is basically a a big dildo that lays goopy egg molds from gelatin like egg egg molded out of gelatin. So it's this big dildo that lays gelatin eggs into the body cavity of your choice. Oh. And fans of an ov- ovipositor say that the sensation of mushy extraterrestrial ovium slopping back out of them is a real treat. Wow. So here's a here's a photo Whoa. of an ovipositor. Yeah. Whoa. So it's like this big alien cock. And then those eggs are are made of gelatin and they're frozen. And then they get stuck in this thing. And then you or your partner lays these eggs in you. Oh my God. Whoa. So the, the idea is to replicate the act of being impregnated with eggs, usually right. from an alien or an insect. 
And if you've seen the Alien movies, you get the picture, right? Uh, many people find this sort of thing very arousing. The toys are simply phallic-shaped hollow tubes that can be used to insert gelatin eggs into oneself. There's a funnel-shaped hole in the bottom to receive the eggs, which are inserted one by one, forcing them up the tube and out of the top. So our friend Zoe uh, Ligon, she, yeah. did, she did a review of uh, Ovipositor from this company that, that is like sort of the, the company that makes them. They're, they're called Primal Hardware. I highly suggest you go look at the website if you're listening. Go to primalhardware.com or whatever. Just Google Primal Hardware. Not safe for work, but uh, if you go there, <laughs> uh, check out the the shit that they're selling because it is wild. But cool. I want to know what are your what are your thought what are your thoughts on that? Do you, is that something that like you know you're pretty open minded? Mm-hmm. If let's just say Todd was like one day was like, hey, I just uh, watched Alien and I really want to like lay some eggs up in you. And I bought an ovipositor. Would you be like, ah, how would you react? It's definitely not a hard no. No? No, I mean, I I think gelatin is probably pretty good. I don't mean, I don't know about inserting it into places, but gelatin is like a something is it's in my diet. I eat it. <clears throat> so I'm comfortable with it being inside my body. Right. Um I like the sensation of having something inside me like that, whether it's like a butt plug or a toy or, um, do you think you'd rather have an egg laid up your ass or into your hoo-ha? I probably, probably in my vagina, I would say, or my, 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 um, yeah, probably in, in my vagina. I don't know about the butt thing. I think that could just feel really confusing on its way out. <laughs> Taking a shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, but it might feel cool if it's as it's melting. Well, I don't think this thing. It's gelatin. It's not going to melt, right? But it is frozen, so it's going it, to get. It's going to turn yeah. into liquid at some point, right? I don't in, think so. No, I don't think. I think you put it in the freezer to like solidify it faster. Okay, and then you. Put I could it be in wrong about the like. I, I, I could maybe you don't actually have it frozen when you. I think the freezer thing is just to speed up the process of like solidifying the gelatin. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I've, I've put frozen like yogurt, not from a tub, but like my own plain, no sugar frozen yogurt mm, up, mm-hmm. up there. And that, yeah, that right. feels pretty good. Yeah. I feel like if I, I feel like if I met someone, didn't know them, and <clears throat> we were like on a first date or something, or, you know, we were like early in and they were like, by the way, this is my thing and I want you to like, I want you to do this to me. Yeah. I'd be like, it's, I I don't know you well enough to lay eggs inside of you. Oh, I'd be, I think I'd be stoked. I would be like, (laughs) Oh fuck. This is so beyond bonkers to me. And yes, I like, if you want me to do this, I am game. I'm into the, the veiny phallic sex toy part of it, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, I see that. I'm like, all right, yeah, it's 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 very damp looking in yeah. this image that you're showing me. Primal, har- Primal hardware. They also they make a lot of like um, they make a lot of uh, um, uh, like tentacles too. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Can't spell hardware. Good job, Jer. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. Yeah. Wearables, dildos. Well, this isn't how you spell gear, hardware. Uh, so hardware oh, oh, yeah, is spelled we- H A. Right, yeah, right, right, exactly. H A R D W E R E. If you're looking for it, like werewolf hardware. Whoa, dude. Look at this one. Whoa, dude. Wow. Wow. Wait, I got, I'm not, I'm not on the screen. Are you showing me something? Yeah. Ooh. Are you not looking at this? This is Whoa. Gnarly. It's called the Petunia. Oh, dude. Holy, holy fucking shit. They really wow. do look a lot like H.G. Geiger's work. Yeah. Yeah. All of this does, even the. Oh, my God. Wow. Just like long alien dick. Mm. Hmm. That's really. Giant tongues. Whoa, the tongue, the tongue tickle. Uh, I love that they use a beer bottle as like, here's for scale. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting shit. Uh, primal hardware, uh, primalhardware.com. 
H A R D W E R E. So I did fucking spell it right the first time. Thank God. Yeah, you're a smart man. Um, well, I'll leave that to interpretation. Wow. Well, look yeah. At this, look at this fucking. Look at this wearable. Wow. We. Wow. I want to go to that convention. I want to go to the yeah. sci-fi sex convention. Yeah. yeah. And just look at the costumes cuz you know if that's what if that's what the genital <clears throat> genitalia of the sci-fi sex world look like, I want to know what the rest what's going on with the hands, what's going mm. on with the mouth and the tongue. I want to mm-hmm. see all of the I want to see all the costumes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Super, uh, super stoked that there's people out there that love that shit. I, I, I'm not, I'm not into it, but I, but I get it. Like I, I'm into it. I'm into it. Not sexually. I'm into it. You know, I mean, fuck everything I love is, is sci-fi horror. I can't get yeah. enough of it. Like, like I will watch the shittiest horror film just for the love of horror. And, and if it's sci-fi, you know, anything Lovecrafty and anything like that, I fucking love it. Um, but I don't, I, it's, it's never been a turn on for me sexually. Mm-hmm. But fuck, it would be, it would be cool. Yeah, but it's obviously <clears throat> like integrated pretty deeply into your, your <clears throat> personality. You know, right. like you do, you, you do, you do, you're pretty consistent with that, with your, even in your art and you're even in the books you like to read like yeah um you you like to exist in that in that sort of sci-fi or dystopian like <clears throat> horror or thriller like hard yeah. hero like i don't know it's totally not my genre it's completely probably the opposite i i know that for many years, I was like, no, I don't want to watch an action movie. And then it turns out that I really love action movies. And I always really enjoy action movies. Yeah. Like there's a kind of fantasy to them that I yeah. can totally get behind. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but still, it's never my first pick. And I feel kind of the same way with sci-fi. Like I am almost like I'll refuse to watch any of those movies that came out like a couple of years ago where it's just like one person floating around in space in an emergency, yeah. whatever that movie was, I was like, I'm not going to go watch Moon. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep in the... Moon is so good. <laughs> it's Sam Rockwell. It's it's twins of Sam... It's Sam Rockwell <laughs> times two. It, what's, I mean, there's nothing... He's the best. Yeah, he is pretty great, but I still slept through that, through most oh, of that God, movie. Moon's so good. That's my just the tips this week. Go watch Moon if you haven't watched it. It's fucking amazing. I, I kind of gave it a little bit of a spoiler there, but uh, spoiler alert. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. Um, uh, folks, thank you I, so much for tuning in. Oh, you got something? You, you wanna- well, I, I do. I, I, I just want to say, I just want to acknowledge that um, that we had we had some really good friends, people, um, hear our plea, uh, for, for oh, support yeah. on Patreon yeah. and many of you, um, stepped up and we're just so grateful. And so I have, I have, uh, a handful of, of folks to say thank you to, um, Vonnie also in the back there. Saying thank you. <laughs> Vonnie gets the most, <clears throat> most important thank you that I have to make. Um, so we had a couple of, of folks, um, not only just like sign on, but like up their tier. And I don't have that list of names in front of me. I just have new patrons. So those of you who are existing patrons who did up your tier, well, I'm going to name you at a later time, but thank you so much. We see you and and we appreciate you. And then a very special thanks um, to Hannah, to Monique, to (laughs) C-A-B, to Hannah, Ashley, I want to say Eli, but it could be Ellie. Um, and thank you to Anna, Jessica, Rebecca, Christina, <clears throat> Jean, um, Marie, and Charlotte. Mm. You are the true humans of the hour here on Turn Me On Podcast. Thank you so much for your support. And if you would like to support the podcast, uh, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash turn me on. 
Um, whatever tier you sign up for, we, we appreciate it. And if you're not in the position where you can do that, uh, that's okay. We still love you. Um, but what you could do is, you know, just smash the fuck out of the like button or the follow button or the sub- whatever the button is, the subscribe button, wherever, wherever you're listening to this shit, whatever the button is, uh, just click the shit out of that and uh, leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts if you have the time, because uh, we love seeing those. And and they're, they're, mostly they're all really, really nice. Mostly. And yeah, mostly. And the other thing you can do is tell your friends and anyone who... You know, the, they post on Facebook and they're like, going on, well, maybe not these days, going on a long drive, looking for some new podcasts, just mm. like take the split second to yep. tag Turn Me On Podcast and um, spread the word because we love, we just love gathering in, with you in this way. Um, folks, thank you again. That is it for this week. Until next week. Go touch yourself. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.